Sports, the mother of all shows on Impact 89FM, WDBM, East Lansing. Give us a call, 432-3893. Get your voice heard on topics including upcoming movies, TV shows, DVD releases, and video games. And now introducing your host, Torius Neal. What is up, East Lansing? This is the mother of all shows on Impact 89FM. My name is Torius Neal. Apparently, that's what the guy said. And apparently that's my name. I have no joke for there. I had a, I was working on a real good joke during work today, and I'm like, wow, I'm going to really pile this show open with a really funny joke, and then it just lost because I'm insane. You you remember what we've talked about this before <laughs> in your pre-planned jokes and how good they really are. They are the best jokes ever. I could write for, like, um, the WB or the new CW. There you go. Okay. <laughs> on the panel today, we have Chris. What's hey, up, hey, dude? Not um, a- that was a put down for the new CW network. And of course, in the engineering booth, we have Lieutenant Commander Crazy J and Anna, who's leaving me for another man, and Lisa, who's joining me. And I don't have a joke. Screw that. <laughs> that was pretty bad, Neil. Wow. <laughs> I'm losing my touch. I'm working That's more. That's the only thing. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you just got burned. I'm going to miss you, Neil. Apparently, I'm not going to miss you because you just dissed me on air. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, you better. I still have power over you. Yeah, for like two seconds. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't know what's going on. I think I'm just wasting time. Uh, tonight, we've got uh, a review of Mission Impossible 3 coming up in a couple seconds. Talk about Saw 3 a little bit because it's up on my computer screen. Some video games are being made into movies, and The Simpsons have more news. Woohoo! Woohoo! Simpsons. But right now, I'm going to go into my review of Mission Impossible 3. I'm seeing a movie with friends! And now it's time for a movie review on the mother of all shows. We kick off the summer blockbuster season with Mission Impossible 3. Tom Cruise returns as special agent Ethan Hunt. This time we find Ethan living a very normal life. He is semi-retired from the IMF agency. Now he's training field agents instead of just being one of them. He is engaged to Julia, played by Michelle Monaghan. Life is good. That is until an arms dealer and overall bad guy, Owen Davian, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, decides to capture Hunt's top student, Lindsay, played by Carrie Russell. Ethan and his IMF team go and rescue her. From there, Ethan uncovers a mole in the IMF and really makes Davian mad. This movie has an all-star supporting cast featuring the likes of Ving Rhames, Lawrence Fishburne, Billy Crudup, Jonathan Rees, Myers, Maggie Q, and of course, Simon Pegg. Okay, it's an action film. I'm a fan of the original Mission Impossible, and I'm really apathetic towards MI2. This movie combined everything an action film should have before filming. It has a remarkable star, great supporting cast, and a great director. But yet again, we find another instance where the script isn't up to par. This film stars Tom Cruise, and you know it. Everybody else has limited screen time, but with the amount of talent on this cast, it really just isn't a bad thing. I would love to see Philip Seymour Hoffman on screen more, but what are you going to do? There are several parts of this film that seem really convenient. Cruise figures out something, and then immediately the bad guys attack. There are several parts that make you think, did they just do that to get into an action scene? Also, things about Davian seem very weird. How much power does this guy have? How much of a threat is he? You never know because Tom Cruise is in every scene and the movie never takes time out to see what the other characters are thinking. But since Tom Cruise is really good in this film, we'll forgive him. Tom Cruise proves that he is an action star. His character has some depth. This is an action flick, so you don't really dig into a character's motivations, but you know what Ethan Hunt feels and you empathize with his situation. Come on, y'all know how it feels to have a world-renowned arms dealer threatening your life. And of course, Philip Seymour Hoffman is the man. Though he is not on screen very much, he is a very good bad guy. His intensity in his scenes are awesome. You don't know what Davian's motivations are, and he goes from calm to angry in the matter of milliseconds, but what his character does to Hunt and his IMF team is just terrible and awesome at the same time. While Davian is no Hans Gruber, Hoffman is a very good action villain. 
Now I want to see him do this with a better role. Billy Crudup is great as John Musgrave, one of the superiors of Ethan Hunt. He doesn't know what's going on unless Ethan really run the show. Crudup adds subtle signs of inexperience and depth to a movie where depth is really needed. Ving Rhames and Lawrence Fishburne show up and do what you would expect from them. They don't really wow you, but yeah, come on, it's Lawrence Fishburne and Ving Rhames. They're awesome. The acting is good for an action film. The characters are not as deep and juicy as we would have liked. It does seem like they are just throwing away some of the talents that this cast brings, but that's when J.J. Abrams steps in and blows you away. Lost in Alias creator J.J. Abrams makes the most out of his feature film directing debut. He takes everything he has learned from TV and applied it magnificently to MI3. The plot moves along so you know what's going on. The action scenes are intense, but not so long that you get really bored. One thing I really loved from Abrams is that he kept the spy aspect of this film series. What little I remember from MI2 was the focus on action and not on the spy stuff. Abrams keeps Hunt focused on doing things without trying to kill everybody. Most of the time, the fight scenes start because someone is chasing or attacking Hunt and his team. The gadgets seem fake, like the x-ray machines that can see through like eight walls. Sometimes you wonder how they got an item, but hey, you have to be able to suspend belief to enjoy an action film like this. Abrams also creates a good mood that is between joyous and anger. When it needs to be lighthearted, it is, and when it needs to be dark and gritty, it is. Action scenes are not congested and things move along. It's a good job on his first try, but I really think he can do better. It may seem that I love MI3, but I think that there are a lot of areas that need work. When you cast Philip Seymour Hoffman, you should use him to his fullest and not use him as a one-dimensional character. The script is not deep at all, but Tom Cruise does deliver and J.J. Abrams proves that he can do feature films. It's an action film, not an indie drama, so don't expect any satisfaction on an emotional level. Just two hours of butt-kicking fun. On the mother of all shows scale of awesomeness, I give Mission Impossible 3 a 7. Excuse me, sir, the show's over. But I have nowhere to go. And we're back. We're back on that show we like to call the mother of all shows. Um, if you want to chime in anytime, and I do mean anytime because Chris is the only one here because Aaron hates us and is not here. I'm lonely. I'm lonely too. Call us at 432-3893. Mission Impossible 3 just reviewed it, gave it a 7. It is also the number one movie in America, but it only made $47 million. So I'm really thinking that it... Yeah, they were probably expecting a little more than that. I think they were expecting maybe around 60 or 70 or 80, possibly, for its opening um, weekend, and it didn't even break 50. So. Well, I, you know, I expected to just be totally bombarded with, you know, like MI3 stuff. Like and, they're doing with X-Men Last Stand. Yeah, and I don't know, like, I've, I've seen a fair amount, but not the bombardment that I thought would have happened like i mean where it's just absolutely everywhere where you can't turn your head and not see something about it there i mean so. the, there's four huge movies coming out in may mission impossible 3 poseidon um the da vinci code and x-men last stand and i thought that that this is one of the stronger ones and maybe it's not and maybe the da vinci code has such broad appeal that it'll it'll be a huge hit and the amount of marketing they're doing with X-Men Last Stand is enormous. Yeah. So that'll probably hit hit it. We'll talk about Poseidon here in a couple seconds. Uh, coming up at number two this past weekend was RV. Um, Robin Williams in a family film with Cheryl Hines. Apparently people like it. They still like it, huh? They still like it. Coming in at number three, we have a new movie in American Haunting. There's a witch. You know what? It looks intriguing. I, you know, I haven't seen it yet. I, I want to see it. Um, I don't know. It's... I, I wonder if they, um, they weighed this witch in a scale, and she weighed as much as a duck. Because as you all know, as you all know, if they weigh as much as wood, and wood floats in water, and so do ducks, they're a witch. Witch, brother. And, and small pebbles. <laughs> I can't. I can't see. Anything that deals with witchcraft, anything, and not think of Monty Python. Yeah, this is very true. It's very true. Very true. Wise in the ways of witches. <laughs> Wise in the ways of science. Yeah. Coming in number four, we have Stick It, um, gymnastic movie with Jeff Bridges. Yes. Um, it's Jeff Bridges. I I saw Seabiscuit for the first time this Saturday. That was really good. Really? You just saw that? I I, I, I don't know why I missed Seabiscuit. I like that movie. 
I like but that it, one. it was a horse movie, and it was okay. It was entertaining. Yes. I didn't like um, uh, Spider-Man. I forget his name right now. Oh, Toby Keith. Toby, Toby no. McGuire. <laughs> Toby, Toby McGuire. Wow. wow. Toby Keith. You just smacked me right now. <sighs> I think you've just been thrown off air. <laughs> I'm officially banned now. Ban. Ban him. Uh, coming in number five, we have United 93. Um, this I, a huge total flop. Um, it's did two weeks in a row in the top five. Two weeks in a row, it's only made 20. Wow. So Yeah, they're probably um, a little more than that. So now the pressure steps up for World Trade Center, um, Oliver Stone's huge movie that's coming out in August. But, it, I mean, just one thing, that it, it might be one of those things that, you know, we talked, we hit on it on it last week too, but, you know, people are going to want to wait till it comes out on DVD and watch it in the security of their own homes and that kind of thing. That could be maybe people, it's true that people aren't ready for a 9-11 film. We, we've covered this a lot. I really don't know, and having not seen it, it really is just mind-boggling why it hasn't done real well. I've read good things about it, and I don't know why. No. Um, coming out next week, or tomorrow, of course, is one of the four big movies I was talking about, and this one is the one that I think could do the worst, is Poseidon. It's a remake of 1972's The Poseidon Adventure, where a bunch of people on a cruise ship are having a handy-dandy fun time. They're, they're dealing with their own problems. And then a huge tidal wave comes and tips the boat upside down. And now it takes an all-star cast to get from what used to be the top of the ship, which is now the bottom of the ship, up to the top of the ship, which used to be the bottom of the ship. So it kind of turned upside down and they got to go up. Grandpa Joe's in it. Grandpa Joe's in it. Uh, this supports a, a cast featuring the likes of Josh Lucas, Kurt Russell, Richard Dreyfuss, um, Andre Brower, Kevin Dillon. And a bunch of other people. Um, the original had like Shelly Winters and Roddy McDowell in it. And Grandpa Joe. Grandpa I Joe. It. I forget his name right now. The guy from Charlie and Chocolate yeah, Factory? Yeah. Grandpa Joe. That's the only other movie I've ever seen the guy in. If you remember who Grandpa Joe is, call us at 432-3893. Um, I don't really think this cast meets up to the standards that the original all-star cast of the Poseidon Adventure have. You have, you have Kurt Russell and Richard Dreyfus, And Richard Dreyfus is like semi-retired. He, he'll only come out and do... Huge movies, and he's doing this one, so... Kurt Russell can do action. I mean, because this is like one of those uh, dramatic action movies, if that mm -hmm. makes any kind of sense at all, you know, suspenseful and that kind of thing. And I know Kurt Russell can most likely pull that off. Uh, Dreyfus, I don't know, you know, how he kind of fits in the equation of this type of movie, but, you know, the, guy, the guy's a good actor. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I have a feeling he'll be able to adapt to anything. That or he wouldn't take in the script. So, you know, it's it, it's it's so hard to compare the two. I mean. It's reeking of, uh, personally for Richard Dreyfus of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Sean Connery um, said he did the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen because he passed on the Matrix and Lord of the Rings trilogies. And he's like, well, this could be it. And he did it, and it bombed horribly, and all the comic book fans up in arms about it. Oh, it's it, terrible. It could be this. It could be... I haven't heard read an interview with Richard Dreyfus, but it could be one of those things where it's like, you know what, I th I think personally that this could be a big box office hit, and I should do it. If, 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 if they're actually remaking the Poseidon Adventure, it should be good. I mean, because that, that, I mean, that movie's older than I am. And I love it. I think it's a great movie. I own it, you know, everything. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic. I watch it, you know, on a regular basis, that kind of thing. So if 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 they just take the Poseidon Adventure, bring it up to date, and use all the new technology that we have now for um, special effects and everything, mm -hmm. it should be an outstanding movie. And I would say I am going to mention that also gives this movie props, and I'm doing uh wolfgang peterson who directed air force one in the line of fire the perfect storm and troy is the director of this so he did the perfect storm and that looked really cool yeah shipping a sea storm and i really think the cast um could pull it out there's not a lot of huge names but josh lucas is getting a following after glory road mm -hmm. and he was pretty good in the hulk and it's kurt russell and richard dreyfus I still think this is the weakest out of the four major movies coming out this month um, just because of the lack of mainstream attention to them. Yeah. Um, X-Men Last Stand has all the comic book nerds and all the movie nerds up in arm. The Da Vinci Code has 
everyone up in arms. I see the yeah, there's still I see the that. book all around, and people are like, "I'm reading that to see the movie you know, before the, I see the movie." And then you got all these you know uh, TV shows and you know uh, documentary specials about Da Vinci and stuff like that too. I mean, there's still that that original wave from when the book first came out. Yeah, but it's been a couple years now. But Poseidon, that's coming out tomorrow. Next week, we'll see how how well Poseidon does if we can stack it up against Mission Impossible Three. And a head-to-head comparison with Mission Impossible 3, not having seen Poseidon, I think Poseidon could draw in more of a family crowd, which is good for it. Because Mission Impossible 3, guy action film. So, and... What's Poseidon rated? Um, I do believe PG-13. Let okay. me scroll down a little bit. I'm scrolling. I would, I would guess that myself. But... Scroll buttons on the book. I can't do strong bad. But um, that's Poseidon. Uh, going up against Poseidon is a movie that will probably get crushed. It's called Just My Luck. A Manhattan Knight, Ashley, played by Lindsay Lohan. My new favorite person. My new favorite person is known to many as the luckiest woman around after she, after a chance encounter with a down and out young man played by Chris Pine. However, she realizes that she swiped her fortune for his. What I've got on here is there, there's been rumors that Lindsay Lohan likes the sauce a little bit. Um, kind of like Jay. Um, I'm just kidding, Jay. <laughs> and, but. I like many sauces. I like French sauces. I like Italian <laughs> sauces. Sometimes I like a little ketchup on my hamburger. <laughs> um, but, you know, they talk about, and it's Lindsay Lohan. This is her attempt at making, a, a, like, an adult romantic comedy, but it's still, it seems like Freaky Friday. You ever get that yeah, vibe? Well, because, I mean, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm watching the television this afternoon, and there's not much good TV on on the television in the afternoon, no. and um, it was actually a, a special on her and about the movie, you know, kind of building mm-hmm. it up and everything. And that's what she said: is that like this is her chance to break away from from the teen movie, you know, stereotype that she's been doing. You know, here I am playing this. You know, she's supposed to be 23 in the movie and everything like this. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching the clips and I go. No, it still feels like a teen movie to me, and I don't know if it's just her. It's probably her, or or you know, and it it was just like you know, I don't know. It it was probably her, and it's it's her fault for for it. Um, Lindsay She's... Lindsay Lohan. If you want to break away from the teen comedy thing, most teen comedies, especially with you, are romantic comedies at heart. And what yeah. you have to do is you cannot do a romantic comedy. Well, you can't do anything with a comedy in the name. Do an action film. Do a drama. You know how you get um, us movie nerds excited? You do an indie drama. Yes, sir. Um, in her defense, I wish I could remember the name. I I, oh, I thought to myself, I need to write this down because I'm not going to remember it for tonight. But uh, she does have a dramatic movie coming out um, sometime, I think, in the next two months. And, uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. I don't know. Uh, I like her. I'm a fan. You know what I like? I like having internet in the studio Mm. so I could be like, what's Lindsay Lohan coming out with? Um, she's got a movie called Bobby that's in post-production right now. Yeah. And it's the story of the assassination of the United, of, uh, Senator Robert Kennedy. Yep. So, you know, um, and it's okay. You know what, Lindsay Lohan? I have heard about this movie, and then I read the cast list on the internet. And you know what's not going to get you out of the teen comedy role is a movie like Just My Luck because it's yeah, it's just it's a teen comedy that's grown up about four years. What will get you out of this is a movie called Bobby that supports Anthony Hopkins, Demi Moore, Sharon Stone, Elijah Wood, and you're in it. Yeah, and Nick Cannon's in it. So hmm, and she doesn't play you know. Uh, the stereotypical, you know, teen movie female lead role type person where she's all bubbly and hee Because I saw, they, they showed a clip of that too. And, and you know, and, and it was serious, you know. And, you know, so, I don't know. I, see if she can act and, and stuff like that. I think um, she possibly could. I think there might be talent underneath her at some point, but because I mean, every time she's been on what Saturday Night Live twice now, I think. Yeah, I and, think and three she times. Funny every time I've seen her on there. Yeah. So I know she's got skills and, and stuff like that, but Tina Fey likes her. So yeah, and anything Tina Fey likes, I like. I like. I I don't know Lindsay Lohan. Um, 
please, you know, do what Macaulay Culkin did and go away for like eight years and then she come back. She already did, though. She did uh, Parent Trap when she was 12, went away and uh, came back when she was 16 or 17. Wow, I know a lot about <laughs> her. Holy cow. Ladies, I'll give you his phone number, but you probably don't want it. But it's, No, it's because I just watched the special today. That's why it's so fresh in my mind. But she came back when she was like 16 or 17 okay. and pumped out a couple movies. You need to leave when you're 14 and come back when you're 21. Mm-hmm. You need to have um, life underneath your belt and not like three years of teenage years. It did a lot for Culkin. I mean, he, he's, he, I, he's, I like the last couple of movies he's come he, out with. Everything that happened to him from like 16 to 20 made him just, you know, have emotional range up out the Yahoo. And he, he looks grizzled and he is grizzled and it's cool. So, yeah. Then again, I grew up with Macaulay Culkin. So, hey, well, yeah. Well, we're moving onward with the show, and one thing that, you know, fans of this show might wonder is, when are we going to cover E3? Because the Electronic Gaming Expo is uh, hitting um, up San Diego right now. Well, then why aren't we there? Because, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I won the lottery yet. So mm, I can... That's too but, bad. Um, uh, we will be covering E3... Uh, next week and more more in depth, which means we'll also talk Halo Three and Grand Theft Auto Four. So yeah. Halo Three, I'm excited about. But on the eve of E3, um, the Warner-based Legendary Pictures acquired the movie rights to Blizzard's award-winning World of Warcraft video game franchise. Yes, this is the biggest franchise um, that the the only franchises that rival in prop popularity are Grand Theft Auto and Halo. Halo's got a movie out, so I just wonder, what are you doing? Rockstar Games. Why don't you make a Grand Theft Auto video game? These, it it's it's just ripe for video game, for yeah. a movie um, movie adaption. You want to chime in four three two three eighty nine three. I know we've complained with Silent Hill about video game adaptions, but I think um, Grand Theft Auto could be the one that that does it. World of Warcraft. It's fantasy role playing game where you're like an elf and you're running around and you're slashing things. I don't really see how they could do a, a movie out of it. They're easily. Really, there really is no easily. plot. Easily. Yeah, I know. Do... That, that's exactly why it's easy to do it. I mean, because it's a role-playing game. I mean, you can do anything you want, and that's the beauty of it. I mean, as far as making it into, into a movie, there is no set story there like there is with you know Silent Hill or... Uh, House of the Dead or, or something like that, you know, where there was a, there was a set story, and the characters as you went through the game, this and this and this and this happened, you know. With that, it just you you put in the cool characters and you're golden. Yeah, and I guess what you I mean those, these uh, people that play it are diehard too. So I, I guess another perk for doing World of Warcraft is the fact that you don't have a plot, you don't have you don't have diehard fans are going to say, well, that didn't happen in the video game, right? That that part of the plot wasn't in it well that ending wasn't as good as the one in the video game because in world of warcraft there is no beginning there's no end there's only missions that you can do and i mean that's good for the movie makers because they're not really tied down to a plot right but at the same time you're kind of wondering what kind of plot can they come up with when you have so many characters you have so many people that are playing their own characters and what can you do with this? I'm kind of intrigued because um, right now we're starting to get into the high-end console and PC games that actually have graphics and good stories with them. Mm-hmm. And you've seen them lately that movie makers have failed, but maybe with something like World of Warcraft that's a massive online playing game, you know, they could do it. Yeah. Do you know what movie they should make out of? They should make a movie out of Star Wars Galaxies. <laughs> I wish I could do a drum... Um, beat. You know, we were talking that they should do a Grand Theft Auto movie. Well, um, also on the EVE3, it has been announced that um, they are making a silver screen adaption of a little game I like to call Metal Gear Solid. That might be good. Um, all you people that aren't really familiar with the video games, Metal Gear Solid um, predates um, Splinter Cell and really was one of the games that helped really popularize stealth-based combat. 
you're a guy, Solid Snake, and you run around trying to kill super soldiers, and you have to be really sneaky about it because if you, like, let on to a guard that you're there, you, the mission will either end or he'll go grab eight of his friends, and then you're gone. It it really just... it, And this movie could be really good because it's really going to... might focus on the, the stealth. One big problem with doing Metal Gear Solid is um, the fact that... It's got a lot of plot. It's like Resident Evil. It's like most of the video games that I've I've talked about. It's got 30, 40 hours of gameplay plot, and you got to fit it down into a two-hour movie. And what I would suggest if you're making Metal Gear Solid is that you you take the characters and you put them in new situations because it's a political thriller. This agent for the government, Solid Snake, goes in and he tries to stop eco-terrorists and terrorists that have stuff to do with him and that could be good for the plot but you gotta remember that you know that's why i don't think you gave silent hill a very fair start you have to these movies are based on the game meaning they got the ideas from the game to make the movie Mm -hmm. you know they're not turning the game into a movie you know, if that if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, so you yeah, you have to be able to distinguish the two a little bit. I mean, they're not going to be the same, you know. Whereas if they did this Full Metal, you know, it it's based on the game, so you could take pieces of the game, you know, plot points and characters and, and things like that, turn it into a two-hour movie, you know. But it's it's gonna be a wider down version no matter what, just mm-hmm. because I mean it is a very involved game, and there's a lot going on, and you know, so you just gotta you gotta always remember that it's based on the game. It's not like they're trying to take the actual game and and, and condense it down into. And maybe you know, and that's that, when they get that's when they get into problems. Maybe that's our problem is we're just trying to think that they're just gonna shoot a big screen version of the video games we like. And they're just taking the characters and having creative liberties with them. Yeah. What they did with Doom, um, I saw Doom. I kind of liked it. The plot, plot-wise, um, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. The plot of Doom, it made a lot of sense if you um, took the, if you separated the movie and the video game. Um, there were some acting problems. There were some effect problems. But the, the narrative, the plot of Doom was pretty good. And, you know, Metal Gear Solid, it's... It's government it, intrigue, and it's 24 on steroids. It's so definitely got promise. I mean, it, it, I think there's elements in the game that could definitely make a great movie. And, you know, yeah. so it's just got to wait and see what they're going to do with it. Uh, comments, 432-3893. We were talking about uh, video game franchises. There are more news coming out for Resident Evil Extinction. Ali Larder, singer Shawnee, and Ozzy actor Chris Egan have all agreed to star in the upcoming uh, movie Resident Evil Extinction. They're going to join Mila Jovovich, Oda Harder, Selena Gilroy, Mike Epps, and Ian Glenn, who have all agreed to reprise their roles from previous films. Um, fans of the video game would be like to know that Ali Larder, who I do believe was the um, girl in Final Destination 1 and 2, she is going to play Claire, uh, a new character to the film franchise. But from what I've got, she's basically going to be playing Claire Renfield from Resident Evil 2. Um, the sister of the male hero in the original Resident Evil game. She's going to lead um, the, a convoy across the Nevada desert. That That's all I got on her character. I'm really hoping um, that they take Claire and they either forget about her trying to find her brother, Chris Renfield, or they kind of sort of add it into it. But if they're going to do a convoy across the desert, I really don't see how she's on a search for her brother and that being a really huge plot point with the character. Who knows what they're going to do with Claire Renfield. And Ashani's in it. And uh, Chris Egan. Uh, do you really want to see another Resident Evil? No, I'm good. You're good? You're good. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I liked Resident Evil. Apocalypse. Hollywood likes to beat a dead horse, though. So. And it's Mila Jovovich. She has to come off doing something from... Somewhere. From Ultraviolet. Yeah. Um, James Wan, who directed the original Saw, who hasn't done anything since. And I'm kind of upset because I like the direction he took the original Saw. Mm-hmm. And um, something that 
the new director, uh, Darren Lynn Bozeman, took an amplified. He has finally come out with details on his next film. That film is going to be called Death Sentence. He describes the project as a tone as a throwback to the gritty revenge thrillers of the 70s along the lines of Dirty Harry, The French Connection, and Death Wish. So, which basically means is that we're going to get a gory gunfight movie from James Wan. Um, the plot-wise, it's a story about a father, a white-collar office man, declaring war on the brutal gang that attacked his family and the consequences that come with putting down the briefcase and picking up a double-barreled shotgun. Falling down what? Falling down what? Yeah, but, you know, falling down, that guy just went, like... Yeah, he just went berserk, he just went one, berserk day. one day. Yeah. They wouldn't they wouldn't serve him breakfast at eleven thirty five. Okay. If a man in a white in a white shirt and a black tie and he looks kinda angry comes into your restaurant at eleven thirty five demanding um breakfast. Get the man breakfast. <laughs> Get the man breakfast because he might come back with a heat seeking missile. Um he adds it's a character study movie with brutal set pieces and a shootout that is like the end of taxi driver, but nice. times ten. I'm approaching this film with the kind of raw, intense energy found in the film school guerrilla filmmaking. To me, this is a horror movie, but of the realistic kind. Like it, love it, because, you know, it's basically going to be a gory, gory action film. And kind of like what Rob Zombie was attempting to do in The Devil's Rejects. It wasn't really a horror film, even though there were a lot of horror conventions used in it. But it was a lot more of, like, shooting people. Yeah. And that's kind of what intrigued me about The Devil's Rejects. And... You know, let's see what James Wan can do with it. You know, might might actually start a whole new subgenre. Subgenre, yeah. Maybe that's what horror needs right now is a new subgenre. I don't know. I'm, I, yeah, it was the first I'm hearing about it, so yeah, it sounds cool. It's it, and James Wan, you can do anything you want. Pretty much after Saw, like yeah, Saw, yeah, um. Unfortunately, since uh, Malcolm in the Middle was canceled, that means Frankie Muniz can do movies a lot more. And he's joining Ryan Pinkston, Jamie Kennedy, Andy Milanakis, Matthew Lillard. Who is going to put Andy Milanakis in a movie? (laughs) Like in Waiting It Fit? But I mean, he's like 28 and he looks like he's 12. And that's the joke. Okay, that's Jim Dandy, but anybody ever seen his show? Well, have you seen the Milan- Andy Milanakis show on MTV too? Yeah, too many times. Is it horrible? Oh, it's rank. Yeah. Can, can that kid not act or write? No, it's just dumb. I mean, it's just flat out stupid. Stupid. Let's eat holes in my bologna and put it on my face and scream a lot. That's well, the stuff he does. Who finds it funny? Well, they're all going to star in an ensemble cast in a teen sketch comedy, sex comedy called Peril Guidance Suggested. So it's a sex movie, too, with Frankie Muniz. So it's like American Pie, but with Frankie Muniz. When's that coming out? It doesn't say. They're writing it right now. Oh, okay. It's about a teen who loses his virginity to his girlfriend, only to find out that she wants to take things much farther, which include, like, sheep and, like, midgets and stuff. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) No, that's disgusting. And it's got (laughs) Andy Milanakis and Frankie Muniz in it. And Um, Jamie Kennedy. And it's being... Uh, directed by uh, Adam J. Epstein and Andrew Jacobson, co-writers of Not Another Teen Movie. Now, when I saw Not Another Teen Movie, my mind ex- went directly to date movie for some odd reason. My mind does that. But Not Another Teen Movie was pretty good. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's Frankie Muniz. I saw him in Stay Alive, and I never want to see him again. <laughs> <laughs> and finally... Uh, big ups to Knight Rider. Um, they've been doing, um, you know, they did Starsky and Hutch, which just kind of made fun of it. And mm-hmm. they've done a couple other movies where they just want to make fun of the 80s TV shows. And then they got movies like Miami Vice is coming out with Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx. And it's being directed by Michael Mann, who got his start on Miami Vice. And they're doing a serious approach to it. Well, the Weinstein Company just um, picked up um, Glenn A. Larson's uh, Knight Rider. He's the guy who wrote it, who created it back then, and he's got a script floating around. Um, it's been put on hiatus a lot because um, studios wanted to do a tongue-in-cheek version of Knight Rider. How serious is it going to be that a guy's running around with a car that can talk? Don't make fun of Kit. Don't make fun of Kit. Well, that's what Larson said, is that you that he wanted to do a serious update of Knight Rider. 
And the Weinstein company is going to let him do that. Sweet. I'm excited mm. because, you know, even though it's a talking car, it could, in the right hands with the right director and the right writer, it could be a really cool car chase film in the vein of, like, The Fast and the Furious. Have you ever seen the show? The show was, it, okay, it's got... You, you, you keep acting like Kit is some sort of cartoon car, like, you know... Kit was a really cool the love car. The bug or something like that. No, it's, it, it, would, it fit. I mean, yeah, Hasselhoff talked back to the car, you know, as though they were friends. And, you know, it, it was a high-tech car. It, it was a giant robot, you know, and it could process thought and things like this. It's a futuristic sci-fi type thing. It was cool. Don't I, make fun of Kit. I think in the Knight Rider could be really good. Um, David Hasselhoff, stay away. I have heard rumors that he wanted to reprise his role as Michael Knight. Um, okay, David Hasselhoff. Um, they want to do a serious um, adaption of Knight Rider. Now, you... Hasselhoff is a serious actor. <laughs> right. You could do a Shaft-type remake where um, Samuel L. Jackson's Shaft was actually related to the original Shaft. And they could do something along the lines with that. I know Michael... What's his name? I even forgot his name. Who are we talking about? I will wear a hairpiece. I will wear a hairpiece on my chest, and I'll be Hasselhoff. David, David Hasselhoff. You can be in the movie, just don't star in the movie. Germans will worship me because <laughs> you know what? Germans, Germans love, love David, David Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff. We're gonna take a break. Um, we're gonna be back right here on the Mother of All Shows, right here on Impact eighty nine FM. You're listening to Exposure on eighty eight point nine The Impact. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. From 10 p.m. until midnight Sunday nights, listen to the Impact Afterglow, where you can hear a variety of relaxed tracks to help you ease into the start of a new week. Only on Impact Primetime. Once upon a time, there lived three energy hogs. Now, an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day, the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage. Let's look for leaky windows, said the first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a swing set, said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently, they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadylocks. I open as leaky windows, cried the first energy hog. I open as leaky doors, cried the second. I open as the bathroom, cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreadylocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org. And from energyhog.org, she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org or waste not, hog not. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to the Mother of All Shows right here on Impact 89 FM. My name is Neil Sitting alongside Chris, talking stuff, and right now we're going to talk some TV. Damn TV, you've ruined my imagination, just like you've ruined my ability to, to, um, oh well. TV news and reviews on the mother of all shows. Uh, Warner Brothers has become the first major studio that wants to um, distribute its films and TV shows over the internet peer-to-peer technology um, developed by BitTorrent Inc., this BitTorrent is basically the new way of file sharing where you get a program that can't tell you where the files are and then you have to go find the files on the internet and then you got it. Well, Warner Brothers is going to start offering legal downloads for their TV shows and their films um, and BitTorrent's behind it. They're going to re- remove all their pirated uh, copies and they're going to allow um, downloading of legal Warner Brothers content, is this good or bad? Do you have any idea? Is it free? Um, we can't say that on this show, but it's legal downloads and legal like iTunes legal. Um, eh. Wink. Eh. It's it's going to be like iTunes, but you know it's a lot more free and open. I'm not quite sure. Let's see how the public like reacts to this. Um, BitTorrent is kind of new. Um, I don't even know what it is. Actually, I do know what it is. I just want to lie on air. 
I don't, I don't have a computer big enough to put a movie on it, so I can't. You know, <laughs> I'm already out. <laughs> already out. Regis Philbin. You like Regis Philbin? You like yeah. the Kelly? Well, yeah. he's going to come back on NBC Primetime, and he's going to host a show called America's Got Talent from creator Simon Cowell. I have a bad taste in my mouth already. I don't know why. Okay, Regis Philbin's um, hosting um, Star Search on NBC, basically. Yeah. And he's not Ed McMahon, like so it's not going to be cool. Nope. Um, the zero stars out of three. Um, it's Cowell stars. is opening this to all aspiring performers of all stripes, singers, dancers, comics, magicians, acrobats, even animal acts. So that means my finger pulling, finger pulling prank that I do to my cousins is going to get me on TV. And apparently a uh, 747 is coming into this. Um, but you know, it's Regis Philbin and it's, NBC can't do these reality shows. They did Cooking with Celebrities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the laughs coming from Chris is evident enough. Um, I don't really think NBC is going to be able to pull this off. Simon Cowell really hasn't found a hit outside American Idol. And he's tried, like, American Inventor. So let's go make fun of smart people that can invent things for two hours. Yeah, that's a good idea. And dating shows. Uh, Simon, just go back to... Making fun of all the horrible Throw your singing. line in the water enough time, soon enough you'll catch a big one. So, you know, maybe that's what he's hoping for. Maybe you should go back to the music biz. Uh, probably. If you have any comments, call us at 432-3893. A uh, little program note, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is going to come back home. And uh, No, this isn't a Seinfeld reunion. She is going to return to host Saturday Night Live this week with Paul Simon as a musical guest. So, let's see. 80s alumnus plus... Cool guy in the 80s equals 80s fun. Um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus got her start in show business in the early 80s on Saturday Night Live when Eddie Murphy was on being Gumby and being Mr. Robinson. Yeah, Mr. Robinson. I learned a lot from Mr. Robinson. I learned... uh, (laughs) Oh, my. Who did he play? Little Rascals. Um, Buckwheat? Buckwheat. Holy cow. Once. Twice. (laughs) Oh, dang. Three times a day. It's fun. I love it. I love it. Um, Apparently her her show, The New Adventures of Old Christine, is actually doing pretty well. Um, We we watched that Monday. We just watched an episode, and I I didn't think it was too bad. It had its moments. It it had its moments, and I've got a uh, uh, Listen Up vibe to it, because I like Jason Alexander's family comedy, Listen Up. Um, And no one saw it, and it was like... An hour earlier than the New Adventures of Old Christine. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus is good. I think what makes that show is the guy who plays her hus- her ex-husband and the fact that Wanda Sykes is in it every once in a while. And Wanda Sykes is amazingly hilarious. Well, she's Christine's best friend. Yeah. So, you know, but could this break the Seinfeld curse? Who knows? I don't know. Seinfeld curse? Gone. Poof. Uh, Comedy Central is um, up to... Uh, oh my, they, I, you know, sometimes I should read the news. Uh, Comedy Central is going to do a reality show called Mark and Mike following Mark Borchette and Mike Shank, the stars of the documentary American movie. Now, um, if people don't know the documentary American movie, it's about, um, people in Wisconsin who want to make a short film, but they're all like rednecks and they make a horror film and, um, what the documentary is about mike shank's kind of like out there stoner type thing and mark's weird and they're weird together and it was really funny but i don't know if comedy central can sustain a reality show featuring these guys Um, i'm tired of reality shows and it's basically gonna be them making a movie in wisconsin so i'm still tired of them and yeah it's they go how long is this fad gonna last Hmm. I don't know. Um, they've also picked up an improvised narrative in the vein of 911 set in an auto body shop called American Body Shop. So they're going to do like American Chopper, but like Reno 911. Let's just copy all our good shows and uh, do improv on do them. Improv on it. Yeah, that's no not good. It's not the way you do it. And speaking of. Uh, copying things and thinking that it'll work. Sci-Fi Channel 
has uh, tapped Stan Lee to host his own reality show. So, <laughs> Stan, Stan Lee is the creator of Marvel Comics and then such characters as Spider-Man and X-Men. Comic book nerd. Um, so, he's hosting the, sh- the show Who Wants to Be a Superhero? Um, Who Wants to Be a Superhero? I love it. Um, it's awesome. Uh, 11 wannabe superheroes will be whittled, whittled down from 200 as they compete in a show. The winning superhero will be the star of a new comic book created by Stan Lee. That's um, awesome. I want to be in it. Yeah. Um, don't really know. And on a nerd note, Stanley hasn't written anything that's been very good in like the last 10 years. So yeah. I don't know about that one. Uh, but, yeah, but he was in, he was in uh, mall rats. So leave him alone. He was in mall rats. And anyone that was in mall rats is like, okay. In my book. Um, we're going to shift gears abruptly because I like shif- shifting gears abruptly and we're going to hit some DVDs. Hit some DVDs. DVD? We don't own a DVD player. Yeah, dude. Nobody does. They're too expensive. DVD news and reviews on the mother of all shows. As we move on and we just got a caller probably because we were making fun of Stanley. Yeah. Sorry, nerds. My bad. We're I'm, in the same boat as I'm you one of I, you. I'm a I'm, big... I'm a big fan of Stanley. I like him a lot. I, I love Stanley. Uh, coming out on DVD, we have the regular edition and a two disc limited edition this past Tuesday of Munich. Um, Steven Spielberg's uh, epic about the retaliation of the uh, murder of 11 Israeli athletes at the 1972 Olympic Games. It garnered them a bunch of Oscar noms, but they didn't win anything. So who knows? And it's really long. It's like. 164 minutes long. Wow. That's a lot of popcorn. Yeah, that is a lot of popcorn. Um, we also have The New World, which is a retelling of Pocahontas with Colin Farrell as John Smith. And so Colin Farrell can play John Smith. We also have Nanny McPhee, which is Emma Thompson trying to be like uh, Mary Poppins, but looking very ugly. She, she Yeah, she's not I attractive. remember when that came out. And we also have Rumor Has It. Rumor Has It, this was a bad movie. <laughs> it's Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Aniston um, doing a movie where uh, apparently Kevin Costner was the real graduate. The movie The Graduate had a, like a, a guy that just graduated college having an affair with Mrs. Robinson. Mm-hmm. And this movie takes place in a universe where it actually happened and Kevin Costner was a graduate and Shirley MacLaine was the Mrs. Robinson um, nice. Yeah. But there's one problem with this movie. It stars Kevin Costner. Hey. I forgot about Waterworld. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't. Um, we also have coming out um Dr. Cat's Professional Therapist Season 1. This is one of the original series that Comedy Central put out in the mid-90s alongside a show, I don't know if you've heard it. Have you heard of it? Mystery Science Theater 3000? <laughs> and the greatness that it was. And it's in Squiggle Vision, and it's um, therapist Jonathan Katz um, just talking to comedians, and they're basically doing their routines. First season um, has the appearances from geniuses like Ray Romano, Larry Miller, Dom Ayera, and Dave Attell. Nice. Our friend Dave Attell. Because I can call him my friend now. You're my friend, David Tell. Wow. That was scary. <laughs> Stalker. We also have uh, Grandma's Boy, where a 35-year-old game tester lives in his grandma's basement, played by Doris Roberts, who was the mom in Everybody Loves Raymond, and her roommates, Shirley Jones and Shirley Knight. And it's just sex comedy with grandmas. So really uh, not... Um, that's kind of freaky. Yeah. We also have Big Mama's House, too. Math... Martin Lawrence in a fat suit. Mm-hmm. Gonna go on from that. We uh, also released this past Tuesday was Master of Horrors Incident on and off a road. This one is uh, directed by Don Cascarelli, who directed a little movie I like to call Bubba Hotep and the Phantasm films. And it stars Ethan Embry and Angus Scrum, who played the tall man in the Phantasm series. Have you seen the Phantasm? I think I've seen the first one. It's pretty good. And for us to remember our youth, life goes on the first season. Sweet. Life goes on. We also have the complete sixth season of The West Wing, the complete second season of a Rescue Me, 
And that's about it. Coming out this Tuesday, we have the remake of The Producers starring Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick alongside Uma Thurman and um, Will Ferrell. This is a movie where um, two stage producers produce a failure and raise a bunch of money and then produce a film uh, or a play for like next to nothing and pocket the rest and uh, the crazy hijinks that go along with it. We also have a, When a Stranger Calls, which is also a remake about a teenage girl, and she gets a call, and it's coming from the house. I was amazed this movie did well when it did, but it was also released in January, so that might have something to tell with you. The Ringer is also coming out on DVD this Tuesday, where our friend Johnny Knoxville uh, fakes being oh, yeah. like mentally disabled to like win the Special Olympics. That looks funny. Yeah. We also have Dougal, where Jon Stewart plays an evil, like, rat. He made fun of it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he made fun of himself for being in that one. <laughs> we have, uh, Home Movie Season 4, without Squiggle Vision. And Napoleon Dynamite, like, the best edition ever. Um, did I actually just try to do that? And is that really it? what it's called? Yes, that, uh, that is, wow. like, the best edition ever. Um, news coming out August 15th, we have the complete 8th season of The Simpsons. Sweet. Complete with a little Maggie head. Um, I don't like those head packages. They're just like flimsy plastic that will break immediately when I get them. Yeah, but they look cool. They do look cool. They all, what you're always going to have, multiple commentaries from Matthew Groening and crew, deleted scenes, animations, showcases, Anything you ever wanted. It's The Simpsons. They're beginning to get pumping these out like a factory. Just good props. Although, I think this is coming out like a year after Seven did. I'm trying to remember when oh. Seven did. I think Seven came was out in seven December. Homer? What? Was Seven the oh. Homer head? S- no, Seven was the Marge head. Oh, okay. So, I'm thinking that it came out last fall. So, yeah. maybe they're getting good every six months. Um, Roadhouse. You like Roadhouse? Patrick, Patrick Swayze. Stewart, Patrick Swayze. Yeah, it's much. being re-released July eighteenth. Nice. That was where Patrick Swayze was hired as a bouncer, bouncer yeah. to like clean up a biker bar, and just it was next ninety minutes of fighting. Oh, there's the sheriff's involved, and it's corrupt, and you know Swayze wants some change, and change doesn't want to happen. You know how that goes, and you got to make it change. And speaking of change, we're actually gonna have a girl on here. What's up, Sydney? Hey. What's up? I love the Oregon Trail Wagon Train shirt. Fantastic game. Did yeah. you get dysentery on the path? Um, I don't I don't think that I did, but I think I drowned in the wagon. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know um do you know like when I was in middle school, I think it was in 7th grade, we had to play this game and we had to pass it to like get a good grade. <laughs> <laughs> really? It was actually like a grade, I remember. <laughs> That's pretty ridiculous. Insane. And we played like the lemonade stand or the hot dog stand or whatever that was. The hot dog stand. Uh-huh. Did you guys ever play that? Okay. Right. All right. Anyways, on to whatever you guys were talking uh, about. She's the man's coming out July 17th. Amanda's binds is really hot on the box, and that's about it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> do, do you even know who Amanda Bynes is? Yes. You know, I did used to watch Nickelodeon. I'm not stupid. She's, she's still really hot. I just want to get that out there. She looks like an older version of her younger self, <laughs> which wasn't very hot. Also, coming out August 22nd, we have the first season of Invasion. Um, I think it'll be the only season of Invasion, but that's just me. It's where aliens invade. The swamp. Yeah. In Florida. And also, September 5th, the um, final season of the, of the Flintstones. The sixth season of the Flintstones. I don't know if that's a final season, but it's the Flintstones. Meet the Flintstones. Yeah, I think it, I don't know. I've been warned against singing on air yeah, before. I shouldn't do it. Now we've skimmed this subject a little bit, and actually, we've got six minutes to talk about it. Chris has complained about it. You know, it's, when a stranger calls is coming on a DVD this Tuesday, and it was released at like the end of January, so that's like a three month turn. And do we all remember when it used to take like a year for a movie to come out on D- VHS? Yeah. And it it would be like, oh, I remember that movie. It's it's cool. It's 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 on VHS now, and now it's like three months. I think it's sweet. 
Because that way I don't have to go to the movies at all, ever, if I'm excited about seeing. Yeah, and that's, that's the problem. I'm on, that's my problem. I'm on the three-month track. <laughs> you know, like, I, you know I'm, three, I'm three months late on seeing all the movies that everyone else is seeing, as opposed to being a year late, like I used to be. And, you know, that's the problem right there, but and see, I'm glad you're here. I love going to the theater. I, I, that is the best way to watch a movie is in a movie theater. Depending on the movie, though. You know, like like King Kong. It doesn't matter. King Kong or and action matter. films and stuff like that. Like, I would rather watch those, and I was so glad I went to see, like, King Kong in the movie theater because I really liked it. But, it does, I would rather, but I don't think I would have liked it on the TV screen. I don't even think I would have I would rather it. watch Bambi. I would rather watch, I don't know, some chick flick you know that's all sappy and dramatic chick flick on the big screen like it, it, it doesn't matter to me i movies are intended to be seen in a theater um you know as far as i'm concerned i'm glad you have the uh what is it now like three hot and ready's <laughs> worth of money to go see that movie you know um they talk about prices um i don't really think they're that bad I, I agree do. with Chris. Movies are meant to be seen on film, but there's a lot of them. I think Hollywood's sort of to blame for this because they're finding out that some movies will bomb in the theater and then they'll make their money back on DVDs. Um, a lot of Lindsay Lohan's and Amanda Bynes movies and most of the teen movies, they do bad in the theaters. And then a movie like Aquamarine will come out on DVD and every 13-year-old girl on the planet will own it within a week. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's that's another bad thing. It's probably hurting the the beginning theater sales. Is they know it's going to be out in two months. So it, let's it, just not. Let's just wait for it to take my little girl to see it or what. I don't know. I, it it is, and because I know there's there's been a. I'm I, I'm to blame. I mean, I do it. You know, there's been a lot of movies where I was like, eh, you know, that looks good. I'd like to see it. Where if it had come out five years ago when they were still on this. Yeah. Takes a while to get out. You yeah, know, exactly. I would have, I would have gone to the theater and paid are, the money to see it. There are a lot of movies I would have gone. You to know, see and, it. and now when I do the, eh, you know, it looks all right. I'd like to see it. Thing. But I could go to the movie wait. rental store and find something that was released a couple months ago. I've, and... I've talked to um, older people, a lot older than us, who have young children, and they're like, it's so hard to take time to actually set aside three hours because it would probably take that much to go to a movie, mm-hmm. get a babysitter, when we can just, you know, DVD, video rental store, take five minutes to go get a video, watch it at our own leisure. And that's that's kind of the argument that's going why this is happening, is because people want it earlier because they don't have time to go to the theater anymore. And there's a combination um, prices. And Mine the, is the price. My, that's my number one reason I don't. I would love to go. And the and the and the junk that Hollywood puts out like no one there's no one movie that everyone's like oh I have to go see that in the theater and it's just all all a lot of eh, movies I I went through this winter and And I didn't see a really good movie at all I'm really sick of the sequels too like come up with something new I'm sick of you know like MI3 like supposedly that didn't do very well I wonder why like you know like And, and there is too many sequels there's too many remakes yeah and so that's not bringing people into the theater. They've really got to go and get indie maverick filmmakers like what happened in the early 90s and when lo- they found Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino. And it seems like a lot of them are being overproduced now. You know, like there's too much there's too like there's too much in your face the storyline, you know, like where you don't have to think about it and they I I'm really excited for X-Men Last Stand, but then I cry when I get an email today that says that they have a MySpace account, so on MySpace, I can have X-Men Last Stand be my friend. Yeah. It's just <laughs> and, a marketing tool. And I don't like the I don't like the marketing. Now, it's the summer, and you should expect it. But then you get movies that might not be that good crammed down people's throats, and they could just care less. Yeah. I... I and this is supposed I have, to be about you know, you know what though? Like, I think a lot of it too has shifted from the movie sector to the TV sector. There's so many good TVs, really good produced TV shows, really good trailers for TV shows out today. You know, the instead DVD- of movies, like I would rather sit at home and watch four hours on a Sunday night of all those TV shows that are popular than go to the movies. The TV shows are are really popular. Um, my friend and I, um, we're busy college students, but we love Lost. And we just both stopped watching Lost when we could 
to wait for the season DVDs. That's to what come I out. do because I and, don't want to miss a, like a day and then like miss the flash. Well, it's so much easier to watch it that way. I mean, I was that way with the Band of Brothers. Like, uh, my roommate watched it, watched it as it came out every week or whatever it was, and I just waited and watched him on the DVD. But then it sucks when, like, your roommate's watching it, and you're like, I can't watch, I gotta go in the other room. <laughs> I have to go in the I other... have to wait till August when the OC comes, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually just started watching Grey's Anatomy, first season, which right. I know a lot of people didn't catch, because it didn't really catch on until the second season, yeah. but it's awesome. And it's like that, um, I have so many season sets. Yeah, he, you do. I, I, and I just... I got made fun of, but I just got Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, the first volume, <laughs> on DVD, and I'm like, I love that show, and that's what I saw. I'm, Fraggle Rock out. I yeah, was Fraggle, thinking, Fraggle I, I was thinking out. about it. And the Muppet shows out, and Ducktales are out. And but I, I mean, a lot of that stuff you can't. I mean, it's just it's not in syndication. You know, you have to watch it on DVD if you want to watch it anymore. And you know? I, the one thing I, I mean, I don't like d- how DVDs might be ruining the theaters, but on the other other end of the spectrum. They're really helping TV. They brought back Family Guy, and you're going to get more Futurama because of the DVD sales. Yeah. Um, Whether it shows up on TV or in a movie. And the TV shows are getting helped by them. They're making... uh, Probably Grey's Anatomy is going to get... The first season is going to get huge just because no one watched it. Well, there's only nine episodes. I I went to buy it uh, for my roommate because she gave me the money Mm -hmm. to go get it. And literally, it was one DVD thing... And it only had two DVD things, and I'm like, a season? <laughs> Unfortunately, this discussion has to come to an end. It makes oh. me sad. I'd like to thank Chris. No problem. And Sydney. Yeah. And Jay. You're welcome, Neil. And Anna for doing nothing. Um, we'll see you guys all next Thursday on the Welcome Wild to a very scary edition. Welcome to a very scary edition. All right. Impact, um, sit or spin. Either way, it's scary. <laughs> 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 Only on 88.9, the impact. That's like it's